When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. The man that Trayvon Diggs is, the player that he is, he's just got his money, just got paid. But what he what he means to not only this defense, but the football team of the Dallas Cowboys, this mm-hmm. is a huge loss. A team that goes through enough pressure, self-inflicted pressure when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, losing a guy like this, that's going to test the metal of a team that at times has not been able to step up mentally in crucial situations on off the field in Dallas with the Dallas Cowboys. Did you see what Daniel Jones did in week one? Who just is supposed to be a franchise quarterback? And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better as Freddie and Harry. You got my man, Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together, we're presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, as well as tune in and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. And man, oh man, another day, another injury to a star player in the NFL. This one happened to Trevon Diggs, the cornerback of the Dallas Cowboys. Suffered a torn ACL during practice today as the Cowboys get ready to try to go to 3 0 playing the Arizona Cardinals. Let's bring in Todd Archer. Does a great job as an ESPN NFL Cowboys reporter. Hit him on Twitter at Todd Archer. Todd, I understand that you were at practice. What was that like having that injury and affecting this football team when it comes to the Cowboys? Well, we didn't see it at at practice. Uh, It it happened after we were out of there. We basically see them stretch and go through individuals. But you got word, you know, in the locker room where some people saw Diggs on crutches, and you're kind of raises your interest level a little bit when you when you hear about that. And then Dax asks about it, and he says, you know, prayers up for him. And you think, okay, this is pretty bad. And you reach out to some people, and then you found out that it's it's a serious deal, not just a minor thing. And then all of a sudden, you start thinking about where they are defensively, what they've done the first two weeks and what they can do for the rest of the season and, and how they replace them. It's, you know, this in here in the intro you guys played, this is a massive loss. There's no other way around it. Just how well he's played, how well he's paired with Stephon Gilmore. I mean, he's getting up three catches for 31 yards on eight targets in two games. Wow. I mean, that's his passer rating against him 9.9 according to next gen stats. I mean, he's, he's playing probably better than he did two years ago when he had 11 picks and had one in the first each of the first seven games. And Todd, when you look at that cornerback room, that DB room, and you see guys um, on the depth chart, who is the person I think most feasible to not do what Trayvon Diggs has done so far this season and in his entire career, but to give them some solid play so now teams can't pick on that opposite side like they did last year when Stephon Gilmore wasn't there and Trayvon Diggs was on the other side? I, I think you have to go to Duran Bland. He's been their nickel guy uh, for a good portion of the last year plus after Jordan Lewis was, was hurt last season, uh, led the Cowboys in interceptions last year with five, had a pick six in the opener uh, against the Giants. But like I said, he's been mostly a slot guy, right? And, and, and as you know, this is a different deal when you're asking a guy to go play outside as opposed to playing in a slot. In some ways, it might be more difficult than playing the slot. But Deron Blaine's a guy that they, they've liked since he got him in the draft. Um, not as fluid, not as speedy, not as instinctive 
as Trayvon Diggs, but a good, solid player. And then they have Jordan Lewis, who I mentioned earlier. He moves into that slot role most likely, was really playing really well last year before he suffered a major foot injury. Just saw his first action last week uh, against the Jets, played 10 snaps. He's a guy that they're going to count on, and now everybody else moves up up a peg. Eric Scott, a six-round pick. Noah Ig- Ig- oh gosh, I'm- Iggy from the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Noah Igbenogany, Ig- sorry. There you go. <laughs> that they just traded. He'll be a guy that moves up a peg. So, you know, this is – I'm curious to see how Dan Quinn changes or adjusts. But to me, this even is going to be more proof, more proof on the a pass rush makes a secondary with how well they rushed the pass in the first two weeks. Let's see how those guys can help the back end by still continuing to get after the quarterback. Yeah, and Todd, I think that's the biggest thing with this injury. You lose a player, uh, and this is a wide receiver saying this about a DB, so you know he has to be balling for me to say it. That's instinctive, <laughs> that doesn't think, reads and reacts, and isn't doesn't care about if he gets beat for a touchdown. He still has that belief in himself that he's probably going to get a pick or two and not only catch it, but take it to the house. How big of a difference is that going to be? Because not only when you are able to turn the football over or create those turnovers, he's able to take them back for touchdowns. Like we've seen him do the hit with uh, Saquon Barkley. Hitting Saquon Barkley on the side, now his teammate get to take it in Mm -hmm. for a pick six. And and that's not part of Trayvon's game that we think about with with him laying a hit like he did in, in the opener. But, yeah, you, you mentioned the, the turnovers. The Cowboys have more than anybody since Dan Quinn's been the coordinator, and Trayvon's been a big part of that. 18 picks since 2020 when he came in as a rookie. Nobody in the NFL has more than him. And, and you're right. His wide receiver background has shown with his ability to take those picks and return them for touchdowns. And we know what defensive touchdowns mean in wins and losses. If you get a defensive touchdown, your win percentage – goes up exponentially and not having a guy, they'll still be able to do some of that. Don't get me wrong, but not having a guy who is proven that he can do it time and time again will be a huge change for this defense. And I do think that, that the, the trade for Stefan Gilmore that the Cowboys made in the off season looks even better now. Right. I mean, who knows where they would be if they didn't have Stefan Gilmore after losing Trayvon Diggs and think about this two guys. Things just signed that five-year, $97 million extension, $43 million guaranteed. Poor timing all the way around. I'm sure that's the last thing on his mind. But imagine if he didn't have that and to be going into his contract year coming off a torn ACL. Uh, just something else to think about as you're wondering where the Cowboys go and where Trayvon Diggs goes. The always fantastic Todd Archer, ESPN NFL Cowboys reporter, letting us know about the injury suffered by Trayvon Diggs, a torn ACL at practice today. He's done for the season. He joins us here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. If this was five years ago, maybe even two years ago, I'd wonder about the psyche of the Cowboys team when an injury like this happens. Todd, I don't get that sense with this team. How wrong or right am I? Well, I think look back at last year, and, and, and they lose Dak in the opener to a broken thumb. Now, that's not a season-ending injury, obviously, right? But you're without your quarterback for at least, it turned out to be five games. They, they went 4-1 and one with Cooper Rush as their starting quarterback, and that kept them in the playoff chase for when Dak came back. Um, so, you know, this doesn't derail their season. It impacts it, definitely. And I'll go back to something Mike McCarthy told us Time and time again since he took over as coach. When the Packers won the Super Bowl in 2010, 11, gosh, 
2010 there, right? 2010 season. Mm-hmm. 2010. They played 77 players that year. So you're going to need, he knows of all people, he knows you're going to need a lot of guys to get you through a season. Now the key is don't lose all your top guys, right? I mean, right. You, again, you look at last year, they lose Dak. They lose Tyron Smith for three quarters of the season in a training camp injury. Um, and they were able to manage that. So I, I'm with you, Freddie. I think they can manage it. They can withstand um, this loss to a degree. But now it comes down to who's next. And if you have another injury at a cornerback, that might be a difference maker on, on what Dan Quinn wants to do with the coverages that he likes to play, with the, with the things that he wants to do with his pressure packages. Todd, great stuff as always, my friend. Always great catching up with you, even on dire circumstances like this. Take care and be well. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Todd Archer, ESPN NFL Cowboys reporter. Like we mentioned, hit him on Twitter. Todd Archer joining Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance of motorcycles, boats, and RVs. If you need protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and as well as Progressive.com. The Bears don't want any more finger-pointing and don't accuse their quarterback of being the finger-pointer at the finger-pointees. Yeah, I'm trying to make sense of that as well. I'm Freddie Coleman. He's Harry Douglas. Thanks for joining us and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. So yesterday when we left our Bear heroes, Justin Fields, their quarterback, was saying he feels like a robot, that plenty of people to blame. He's got to be better. The coach has got to be better. It could be coach. It could be this. It could be that. Then he came back into the locker room and said, I'm not blaming the coach. I'm not blaming anybody. It starts with me. His head coach, Matt Eberflew, says, we've had conversations. We've had a chance to talk. We've sat down eating a bagel or two and maybe some pizza from Pizza and Uno, but we had a chance to talk. So that was on Wednesday. Thursday, the conversation didn't stop, especially came to Ryan Poles, the general manager of the Bears, talking about adversity and why it's gone wrong so far this year for his quarterback. First and foremost, to hit it straight on, we have adversity right now. Slow start, 0-2, not where you want to be. Uh, we've dealt with life issues, injuries, and that's all real, and that's a part of, of what we do and what we got to deal with. The beautiful thing about our philosophy here, our organization, is we're solution-oriented. Um, we work together to find these solutions and solve our problems to get everything back on track. I can't be more clear than this. No one in our entire building, none of our coaches, see Justin as a finger pointer at all. He has always taken ownership of anything that's happened on the field. He takes it head on. He works. He grinds. He puts his head down. He works with his teammates, works with his coaches uh, to find solutions. In my opinion, you got a young quarterback trying to figure it out who hasn't had the cleanest start of his career, who last year with the roster had to put the team on the back, do some unbelievable things athletically. Now he gets talent around him and has to figure out and balance when to do those cool things athletically, when to lean on others. And that is a sometimes a great place to live in. And that takes time. That takes time on task for him to take that next step. And everyone's on board helping him get into that place for him to be successful. And Freddie, I'm not going to sit, uh, sit up here and uh, absolve Justin Fields of anything that he hasn't been doing on the football field because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he has to play better. Absolutely. That's his job. you got to go doubt. out there and perform at a high level. That's why they drafted you where they drafted you and they had that belief in you. But at the same time, it also is a coach's job to put their players in the best situation possible. And I just don't think in 2023 that's the case for Justin Fields. He only has five design runs right now. And this is a guy that eclipsed 1,000 yards last last year. And we talk about Luke Getze and 
how they started doing some of those things last year, but you come into the first two games of the season and all of a sudden it's not there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to diminish Luke Getze, but he previously worked with Aaron Rodgers. And I'm going to say this, and I don't want to make it feel shadish, but it might be to a lot of people. Shadish, well done, well, keep going. Hell, I can look good coaching Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a walking Hall of Famer, Freddie. You get you get what I'm saying? You get where I'm going here? Right. So when you have a guy like Justin Fields and you you know he needs that development, why not bring in an offensive-minded head coach? And this is no knock on, uh, on Matt Eberflus because I think he's a phenomenal coach. But when I look across the National Football League and I look at Trevor Lawrence when he's paired up with Doug Peterson and he took that job uh, – was it last year? Yeah, mm, year and a half year. ago. Last year, yeah. Right? After Urban and I look at Brian Dable with Daniel Jones and how he has him looking. I look at Tua Tonga-Valoa being paired with Mike McDaniel and all three of those things, the common denominators, that all three of those teams made the playoffs last year. And their quarterback seemed, seemed different when it came to their quarterback play. But here we have Justin Fields in which, you know, Iberflus got the job the same time those other coaches I just mentioned got their job, mm-hmm. and it's looking like he is digressing at the quarterback position. You mentioned Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator of Chicago Bears, and check out what he had to say about the recent conversations he's had with his quote-unquote robotic star-crossed quarterback. No, I think the I think as we talk about his evolution, he's he's becoming, you know, an NFL quarterback, and I think that part of it – that experience and that style of play, you know, there's a few plays in the game that he wishes he had different reactions. And I think, he, re- you know, he refers to them as instincts and let his instincts take over, right? And that is real. That is what his – he has special talents. He has special instincts. And I think at the same time when you you want to throw a route, I, you know, the, the one play that everyone kind of talks about, DJ kind of clapping on the backside or whatever because he was stuck on Moon, right? He, want, he wanted to throw that sail route to Moon. And Moon got disrupted because he was pressed. And so he was trying to give him an extra hitch. And then it just ended up taking a little bit too long. And so that's part of their evolution. Like, you know, you give him a hitch, you think he's going to win, you maybe give him one more, and then it's time to move on. You know what he tried to explain away? He tried to make it too much about football, not about person. Yeah. When it comes to his conversations and his evaluation of Justin Fields. Luke Getzey has got to get to the point of what does my quarterback do best? How can I do that? It can't be about any more conversations. I don't want to hear about adversity. I don't want to hear about robotics. I don't want to hear about anything else. What are you guys going to do to make sure that you find a way to upset the Kansas City Chiefs? Because I know what quality football looks like when it comes to football playing and also people being a people person. I've seen what that looked like with Kansas City. They made some strange decisions, the Chicago Bears. Think about they drafted a Justin Fields with a coach who's now the offensive coordinator back in Kansas City and Matt Nagy. He was dead coach walking. And they drafted a guy knowing that if this doesn't work out, we're not going to start Justin Fields. We're going to fire that guy anyway. Then you bring in Matt Eberflus, a defensive guy. They bring in Luke Getzey, an offensive coordinator, who it seems like his offensive philosophy is centered on what he did with somebody else. I've seen this book before. It was called Adam Gase and Peyton Manning. And then the New York Jets said, man, we draft, we're going to hire Adam Gase. Harry, when that happened, I had friends of mine who are Dolphins fans. Literally, my phone melted in my hand. They were laughing out loud saying, you wait till you see what that fool's going to do to your football team because he almost did it here in Miami. And that's exactly what made the Jets look like, a foolish organization because he was too smart for the room. The Bears at times have been too smart for their own good. Instead of making the right proper decision so everybody can be reading the same book, 
You don't, want, you don't want somebody reading War and Peace and there's somebody else reading the Bible and what can you tell us about each one of those things? That's where the Bears are. So enough conversation with this football team. Enough conversation with this organization. What are you do, going to do going forward? That means Justin Fields. That means yep. the coach. That means the offensive coordinator. And Ryan Poles, you're on blast too. I know you just got the job, but you got to make sure this all works. You can't just say it's not working. I'm getting ready to coach, getting ready to quarterback. It can't be that easy or that simple of a fix when you got things to really be fixed right now before you play the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. And I would say that conversation, that, that what he was just talking about, that sale route, right? It's normally a three-man side. And you have someone going to the flat. You have another person running a deep out from an uh, inside position. Or you have a go-route outside or, or, or a clear-out post to take away outside coverage. But see, what happened was the guy guarding the slot defender was lined up outside leverage. And denying the receiver to get to the outside. So if you're Luke Getze, before that even happens in the meeting room, you're supposed to go over all these scenarios and talk to Justin Fields about why you're calling that play, different coverages that can happen on that play. You want to know why I know that, Freddie? Because that's what we did in our meeting rooms. <laughs> and, and, and you had receivers. Hey, what, what is your progressions here? What's making you? What's going to make you get off this progression? Right. And, and, and in the meeting rooms, I'm hearing my coaches go through the sale route. Right. Hey, now, if this happens, then we're coming back side quickly to this end cut. So now DJ Moore could run out the back door and which would probably would have been a touchdown. <laughs> but the communication yeah, and, yeah. It, and being it, able to speak the language and spotty. Yes. At best. You know, and I still wonder, because you're hoping that this organization, if you're a Bears fan, you're hoping that Justin Fields, if you're a Justin Fields fan, will be able to bounce back from this. And it has nothing to do with Sunday versus the Kansas City Chiefs or the rest of the season because jobs are on the line. As far as I'm concerned, there's one job on the line, and it's Justin Fields, the quarterback. Matt Eberflus is not going anywhere. Ryan Pohl's not going anywhere. Luke Getzey's not going anywhere. Maybe, just maybe, this is not going to work because these pieces don't fit in Chicago, whether it's a philosophical thing, whether it's maybe they don't believe enough in Justin Fields, he's not the right quarterback for what they want to do and how they believe they can be successful, whatever that is. But it seems to me there's going to be a fall guy when it comes to all of this. And don't be surprised if it's the quarterback because the GM, the coach, and the offensive coordinator have a lot more years left on their contract, their organization, than Justin Fields has at the Bears quarterback. But that's why I said this morning on Get Up, I would just like to see Justin Fields with a different organization, with a head coach that's an offensive mind and a guy that can teach him properly. That, that, that's what I want to see, like, moving forward. And I understand they still have a lot of uh, season left to play. Right. But this is an organization that is trending to have two top five draft picks in the first round in 2024 yeah. because of what I've seen in two games already. And they may find one of them find themselves drafting a quarterback with one of those picks. Jeff in Tampa wants to weigh in on this on Freddie and Harry at eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Jeff, what do you got to say on ESPN Radio, my friend? Hi, I was just saying that um, when this goes bad for Chicago, Justin Fields goes to Denver, and he and Sean Payton runs the offense that he had for Taysom Hill, and have a better athlete run that offense. Put it this way, that's another guy on blast. Even though Russell Wilson played a little bit better down the stretch, even though the Broncos lost that game, and let's be honest, they were a pass interference penalty not called again against a Sean Payton team. That could have maybe forced an overtime with that game at 35-33. Nothing should be off the table because I know if I'm a team out there and I believe in Justin Fields' talent and you believe you can coach him better, then if things go south, if they go that sail route south when it comes to Chicago Bears, <laughs> then you could be in play because there's still going to be some draft capital 
yep. the trade for a guy that still has talent when it comes to Justin Fields. And, and I will say this, too, because I text someone who understands the ins and outs of collateral when you're trading a quarterback or trading any player, and his response was, now it's different ways you can look at it because if the Chicago Bears are in that situation, that probably means Justin Fields – Ha, ha, hasn't performed at a high level this year. So right. what's hmm. his trade value going to be, hmm. right, when they're looking to let him go? That's one of the okay. things they told me to to make sure I take into account when, I, when I'm thinking about that entire situation. Hmm. Good point there. Brian in Illinois, what do you got to say about this whole Justin Fields conversation, non-conversation, the Bears with this situation the last 24 hours? You about made me throw up because Adam Gase was the Bears OC before he went down to Miami. That's right. I'm sorry, Brian. <laughs> My bad, brother. Oh, oh man. Adam Gase, poor guy, them eyeballs. So, hey, Fields, Fields needs a, a, just a change of venue. The man had adversity in high school. He transferred, had good luck. Same thing in college, left Georgia for Ohio State, had pretty good luck. I think it's time to transfer again, buddy. Sorry. Next up, oh, tank it. Caleb Williams time, baby. And then, Freddie, honestly, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Sometimes it's like that. Maybe you just need to go to a new location. Maybe sure. the place that w- where you are – it's not the place that's meant for you. Maybe Absolutely. God had a different calling for you and your career in another place. Sometimes yeah. it just works out like that. Yeah, everything is not for everybody. There you go. No matter where you start, sometimes it's not where you want to be and where you don't want to finish. But you're right. Everything is not for everybody. One last one from Eric in Chicago. Eric, my friend, what you got in Chi-Town? Hey, good, after- good afternoon, gentlemen. Just wanted to say big fan you guys are so best uh best uh, talk sports show here on the radio. Appreciate you. Uh, just here in Chicago, man, we – I think that uh, the team that's go- what's going on here in Chicago is that they need to uh, make that playbook to uh, make comfortable for Justin Fields. I understand, you know, they gotta they have a, a protocol and the ways to go there, but you know, with the talent that Justin Fields has, instead of t- giving him a playbook and telling him, "Hey, this is what I want you to run," they really need to devise a playbook to to fit his skill set and what he's good at. And I think you- we can turn this, you know, turn this uh, turn this bad train, turn it around, and, and-, and get get some W's on this board. And I would say, too, that's very important mm-hmm. um, as an offensive play caller, understanding that, yes, you may have this system, but the great coaches know how to tailor their system to the skill set of their personnel that they do have. So, And you notice it. And I've seen some of that with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. I've seen right. some of the things that Russ did well before mm-hmm. he got to Denver in that game this past weekend. So marrying some of the things that you – uh, think your system has and can do well right. with, with the the talent that you have and what they do well. That's where great coaching comes in at. Yeah, great stuff by Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry. Keep weighing in. What should happen in Chicago regarding Justin Fields in Chicago? You can do that on Twitter at Coleman ESPN at H Douglas eighty three. Keep those phone phone calls coming in at triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. When it comes to quarterbacks in the National Football League, I'm going to compare Patrick Mahomes to Superman. And to it, my lord, a Captain Marvel? That's Uh-oh. next on ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thanks for being a part of it and allowing it to be a part of you. It is Freddie and Harry with me, Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Ten minutes away, give or take a lie to who needs to win that game more between Notre Dame and the Ohio State University? We're going to dive into that in about 10 minutes. Now, people normally would do like quarterback elite rankings and stuff like that. Let's be honest. It's a week-to-week thing when it comes to quarterbacks in the NFL. Except when it comes to certain guys, but I digress. So I'm going to do my quarterback tier ranking for the NFL. I'm going to do it this hour. Harry's going to do his next hour. I can, in the words of Charles Barkley, guarantee that Harry does will not like my quarterback tier ranking, especially where I'm placing it. And since we are all pretty juvenile on the show, I feel I go to a juvenile way. I'm going to place the top quarterback, because only one, in the Superman tier. He's the biggest, baddest boy in the jungle. Then after that, I got tier number two. I call that the Commissioner Gordon tier. Where you need them, you call them in the bat phone, but then you can call somebody else in case you need them. That's the Commissioner Gordon tier. And then I got the Captain Marvel tier. They give those Shazam kind of plays. They're always out there. They're that close to being elite, but not yet when they have those kind of plays that make that work. So that's how I'm doing my quarterback tiers. The Superman tier, the Commissioner Gordon tier, and the Captain Marvel slash Shazam tier. Keeping it strictly, strictly DC Comics, which means I'm getting a complete lot of trouble since we're involved with the Marvel Comic Universe and Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I digress. I promise I will not attack you, Freddie. You lie. One hundred percent. You are one hundred. I give you credit. I, you almost fooled me. You almost had me on that one thing. Oh, maybe Harry's not good. Yeah, wait a minute. Hold on. I've known Harry Douglas way too long. To all of a sudden, think I'm going to fall for something like that. So, based on what you're saying to me, every day more life. That's how I look at it with you from that standpoint, as far as that goes. So, my Superman two is one guy. Which should I start at the bottom? I'll start at number three. Yeah. Here's my Shazam Captain Marvel tier. I got Lamar Jackson for this year only. Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens. Tier three? Okay, let me stop. Let me okay. be quiet. Hold on, stop, hold on, hold on. There's, you about to get, stop. Yeah, there's three stop, there. Harry, there's, stop. There's three there. I'm talking about for this year, this season, not based on previous events. I got you. This 2022. So this way you don't have to worry about calling me a liar. Every day, more liars. I'm talking about just for this year and this year only. So my Captain Marvel Shazam tier. Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. I think he's only going to get better in that offense. 
Brock Purdy to San Francisco 49ers. They scored at least 30 points in both games against the Rams in game two, and then he put on Pittsburgh Steelers in game one. He's been more than efficient. And Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. What he's been able to do so far, Mike McCarthy, the play calling, has been very conducive to him more than it was for Keller Moore. So that's my Shazam tour when I got Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, and Dak Prescott. Woo. Okay. Now, now um, like I said, I'm I guarantee you're not going like, to like I, it. I don't know why Lamar is in tier three okay. with Brock Purdy and okay. Dak Prescott. Like I said, based on this year. I, well, I know. That, that, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Okay. Why do you think he's better than that? He's I been, do. He's been better than both of those guys so far this year? Clearly better? Not in the same line? Especially dealing with the circumstances that he had to deal with, especially last week when you see the Baltimore Ravens without two-star offensive linemen, without their star running back, and then defensively he's missing the number one corner and also their number one safety. Well, don't, I don't bring the defense in this. I'm just talking strictly offense, strictly quarterback play. Now, if you want to do that, go right ahead. Well, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just taking everything into account. Okay, like right. Lamar Jackson wouldn't be in my tier three. I do like how Brock Purdy is playing this season. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I'm still trying to think what I put him on in that third tier. Okay, um, him and Dak, they get an opportunity to face off October eighth, Sunday Night Football. Can't wait for that one. Me neither. For a lot of people that didn't like this morning when I said on Get Up that the San Francisco 49ers is my team in the NFC and number one, I think overall in the National Football League. I'm with so, you on that one. I'll, I'll rock with you for right now. Okay. I'll, I'll rock right. with you for right now. All right, so that's my Captain I don't want to reveal my list so no, right no, now. No, no, so. I'm kind of glad you kept that under wraps. I like this. So that's my Captain Marvel tier. Now I got my Commissioner Gordon tier, where when they call in the bad phone, they need the help, but not as much help. When they ask for help, that's when you know that you can go above and beyond. There's no doubt Tua Tungvalu is a Commissioner Gordon tier. He's been fantastic. Leading the NFL in passing yards. He's in tier two right now? He's in tier two right now. Oh, Tier two right now. I said I was going to be good. I I lied. There was a couple of plays he missed in the second half against a really good Patriots defense. And early on against the Los Angeles Chargers, he wasn't fantastic. He's all right. You know, after that, more than pretty good. So I got him in Commissioner Gordon tier. I got Kirk Cousins there, too, this year. The Vikings are (laughs) 0-2. What? Ain't his fault. Not his fault. Kirk Cousins is second in the league in passing yards and third in passing efficiency. Kirk Cousins has been dealing it up against an Eagles defense in a short week on the road and a Buccaneers defense is not bad. He's completing over 72% of his passes, six touchdowns, only one interception. The Vikings are on two. Don't blame him. It ain't Kirk well, Cousins' fault. That's why I have to stop you because Kirk Cousins had a, I think, a fumble, they call it, versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can't give up the football. It doesn't matter uh, – what part of the game it is, okay. if you're getting sacked, your job is to hold on to the football, right? Okay. Deshaun Watson okay. on Monday Night Football just right. got sacked and it got returned for a touchdown. Okay. Understand you're getting sacked, but you right. got to hold on to the ball. Okay. Now, against the Philadelphia Eagles last week on Thursday Night Football, mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins also had a fumble that led to a touchdown okay. for the Philadelphia Eagles. All and right. the Minnesota Vikings lost that game. Okay, to counter that, he also threw a pass to Justin Jefferson who couldn't hold on to the ball towards the end zone. That cost him points, too. He has seven touchdown yeah. passes and only one INT. And then on another play where the kickoff team, the punt coverage team, they fumbled the football. So they contributed as much to what you're saying, a strip sack with a less than still offensive line against a pretty good Eagles defense, and that was the only time 
he had a fumble. But against it's still him. Kirk Cousins' job to protect the football. When you get up here in those offensive meetings, when you, have you know to, the quarterback position is when, the most valued. Yeah, uh, when you're using, on the football field, you're using, the most valued. You're using two plays over the other 800 plays that he's made successfully so far in the first two games this season. You're going to point out two plays. Two. Well, yeah, because that could have been a difference in winning and losing. Oh, okay, then Justin Jefferson had more of a difference between winning and losing. He holds on to the football. But he's not a quarterback. We're talking about quarterback tiers, not we, receiver we're, tiers. We're talking about quarterback tiers. The quarterback with the ball there. Justin Jefferson let down Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. He let him down. On the same he, line he, as he, Tua, one person is 2-0, and oh, the other one is 0-2. Ain't Kirk Cousins' fault that they're 0-2. He did his job. The defense didn't do their job. Tua's lucky that they had bad play calling when the Chargers got the ball back and decided to do whatever they decided you to do. You said Tua is lucky. He is lucky. He is not lucky he that lucky. him and Tyreek Hill have that chemistry and when you need a go route, lucky. or I should say a fade because you're close to the tight red zone, right. and you throw it right in the bread basket <laughs> at Tyreek Hill, and, and he just runs out the football field because Tyreek Hill, see, he warned us last offseason. He me said my guy is a sharpshooter. That me means he is accurate. He throws with anticipation. Tua Tagovailoa right now, in my opinion, has been the best quarterback in the National Football League up until this point right now in the first two games. So let me rephrase. His team is lucky. He's not lucky. His team is lucky. You feel better now? He's lucky. I got you. The Superman tier is still Patrick Mahomes. I know they struggle without Travis Kelsey. I'm not going to put not having Travis Kelsey in week one and not having Kadarius Toney do what he did in week one. I'm not putting on Patrick Mahomes. And I'll, I'll give credit to Jackson with Jaguars. Why would you go for it on a fourth and two? In the first half, at midfield, in the middle of the field, and give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes there because we know how that date ended. It didn't end well. He winds up getting a touchdown pass, and then all of a sudden that Kansas City offense got rolling a little bit after that. They found their legs. They found their ability. They found their rhythm. You can look at it and say he has not been as good as Tua Tungvalu low in terms of stats, but I'm not going to punish a Patrick Mahomes who's still great, only missed on one throw this year for a pick. Other than that, guys dropping footballs, they ain't on Patrick Mahomes. That's on them. I can't believe you got Lamar Jackson in tier three. Tier Kirk three. Cousins in tier two. I almost didn't have Lamar Jackson hey, Kirk there. Kirk Cousins is a friend of the program, yeah, so we thank you, Kirk, for coming on with us and talking to us. <laughs> but I also got to keep it real. Mm-hmm. I got to keep it real, Kirkio. Kirkio? Are you comparing him to Coolio? That's what we're doing? Kirkio? That's what you <laughs> You know when he threw did? the chains on, on that away game on that airplane, he turned it to Kirkio. <laughs> Which which was more in terms of cringe inducing, him doing that or you like that? You like that? Which is more cringe inducing regarding Kirk Cousins? I'll be honest, I like both of them. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, okay, I didn't realize you're gonna. We play. asked him about the you like that thing too. What did he say? We're, we're gonna have, we're gonna play it back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the guys to, okay. uh, to find it and play it back. All right, so those are my quarterback tier rankings for 2023. Not based on past events. Based on this year, my humble and unsolicited opinion, in the Captain Marvel Shazam tier, Lamar Jackson of Baltimore, Brock Purdy of San Francisco, Dak Prescott of Dallas Cowboys, the Commissioner Gordon tier, Tua Tungvaloa of Miami, Kirk Cousins of Minnesota, and the Superman tier is still that biggest, baddest boy in the NFL jungle when it comes to Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Not one, not two. But seven different matchups this weekend in college football involving t- t- top 25 teams. We circled number nine Notre Dame versus number six Ohio State, and we're going to tell you who needs to win that game more. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. 
How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are calling this week in a college football Separation Saturday. Six top 25 matchups, six games involving two teams in the top 25. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Also tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Number 19, Colorado. Number 10, Oregon. 10, 3.30 Eastern Time on ABC. Number 22, UCLA. Number 22, Utah. 3.30 on Fox. 3.30 on CBS. Number 15, Ole Miss. And number 13, Alabama. Then later on that afternoon, that evening, excuse me, 7 o'clock on Fox, number 14, Oregon State, number 21, Washington State. Then you have the big one, which I think is the biggest one of the weekend, even though number 24, Iowa, number 7, Penn State, 7.30 CBS, but 7.30 on NBC, number 6, Ohio State, number 9, Notre Dame. The last time these two met, Notre Dame was not ready for prime time. Opening weekend, Ohio State took care of that. This year, Harry, it's back in South Bend involving these two-story programs. Which team, in your opinion, needs to get this win more and why? I'm going to go with Notre Dame, and the reason why I say that is because they don't play in a conference. They don't have an opportunity at the end of the, of the end of the year to play in a conference championship and really have that extra game. Um, so when the committee is looking at that, I know that's something that they're going to be valuing. Also, when I look at their schedule, before mm-hmm. the season started, they played Clemson, uh, I think it's November, some, sometime in November. November 4th. And that was a game that I'm pretty sure they were banking on that Clemson to still be ranked probably in the top 10, nowhere lower than top 15. At the moment right now, Clemson's not even ranked. And also they have USC on their schedule. So that's a, that's a game that, you know, the committee, they're probably going to be looking. I believe they have Duke as well, right? Yes, they do. They mm-hmm. have Duke as well. And what Riley Leonard has been able to do at the quarterback position for Duke that's another opportunity right there for Notre Dame. But I think not having that conference championship game, it's going to hurt them if they don't win this matchup against Ohio State. Ohio State, on the other hand, mm-hmm. when you look at who they still have to play, if Notre Dame continues to win, and Notre Dame is one of the top three, top four teams in the country at the end of the, end of the year, and you have a Ohio State who lost to Notre Dame, but they can go and beat 
Penn State, which is the top 10 football team at the moment, the Michigan Wolverines, which is the top 10 football team at the moment, and then win the Big Ten, they have an argument to still get in. And then Notre Dame's argument would be, hey, we're undefeated, plus we beat the Big Ten champion. So that's why I think it's more more vital for Notre Dame to win this game this weekend more so than it is Ohio State. Well, something that Devin King, one of our dudes behind the scenes, pointed out, when was the last time Notre Dame went into a big game like this having a serious, serious advantage of quarterback? Oh, that's one of the main things in this football game of mm-hmm. why I'm picking mm-hmm. Notre Dame. You have a quarterback that is comfortable in the pocket. You have a quarterback that's not going to get rattled because of pressure. Right. You have a guy that's going to give you competent play that can make all the throws mm-hmm. and can really carve up a defense if they don't play him in the correct manner. What Sam Hartman has meant for this Notre Dame football team, and I was texting with Marcus Freeman the other day and was like, hey, it helps that you got a quarterback that's, you know, doing his thing at, at, at that position. He was right. like, yeah, that – that pays off a lot when you do have that dude back there. Yeah, and I know how they sense. feel about him because we know Notre Dame is going to rush the football. Their running back, Aldra Estime, he's mm-hmm. number one in, in college football in rushing yards. And they have Joe Alt at the left tackle position who's going to be a top draft pick as well. So we know they're going to be able to run the football, but now they have that guy at the quarterback position that can pass and get you out of trouble in that manner if you need it, if you're Notre Dame. Okay. Great stuff by Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. I'm going to go the other way when it comes to number six Ohio State. All the facts you mentioned about Notre Dame are actual and factual, I get it. But if you're Ohio State and you don't win this game, potentially you don't play another top 10, top 15 opponent until October 21st you have Penn State at home. Then after that you got Michigan on the road. We know the last couple of years, we know how they do not like that in Columbus, that they've not been able to beat that school up north. They don't mention Michigan's name. They just say that school up north. When you're an Ohio State program that for the first time in a long, long time has a psyche issue when it comes to winning big games, the last thing you want is people questioning if Ryan Day can win those big games if you lose a game like this. They're already wondering if he can beat Michigan. They don't want him to be this generation's John Cooper. For those who know about that guy, look that guy up. Guy had an over 70% winning percentage, but went 2-10-1 versus Michigan, and they put him in a car and drove him out of Columbus quick, fast. If you're Ryan Day, when people question, can you win a big game versus Michigan, the last thing you want is not to have those whispers get louder if you lose this game on the road. Because my money, Marvin Harrison Jr. should be the best player in the field, the wide receiver from Ohio State. He's going to be a top three pick in the NFL next year. But if your quarterback can't get you to football the way I know Sam Hartman can get those guys to football, that's going to place a lot of stress in Ohio State. They lose a game like this, they may have a confidence crisis when it comes to Ryan Day winning big games. And I'm glad Ryan Day and their coaching staff decided to go with Cal McCord because they were rotating him and Devin Brown in, and I thought it was messing up chemistry that Cal McCord mm-hmm. may have had during previous football games. So now they uh, they have went with Cal McCord. He's a guy that went to high school with Marvin Harrison Jr., so those guys have a chemistry. But that edge is solely right. with Notre Dame, in my opinion, when it comes to the quarterback position. And by the way, what's up with number, wearing number 33 as a quarterback? Man, that blew my mind, Freddie. Yeah. I'm watching the film on the plane, and I said, well, well, yeah. why is a running back playing quarterback? Yeah. It's not 1935. Pick a quarterback number. Yeah. That man a single digit or a number in the teens. Please, somebody. Exactly. And by the way, Utah hosting UCLA, number 11 versus number 22, coverage at 3, o'clock, three o'clock Eastern time on ESPN Radio. The Dallas Cowboys suffer a serious, serious injury that could damage their Super Bowl hopes. That's next on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app.
the Freddie and Harry podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.